Hi, and welcome to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message, where we study scripture together verse by verse. Let's jump in now for this week's message. We die to ourselves so that the Holy Spirit is alive in us. Internalizing this dependence on God is important because of what Paul is asking God to help you to do. He says, he says may God help you live in partial harmony, in temporary harmony, in occasional harmony, <laughs> just Sunday morning harmony. I'll go to church and sing with those folks, but other than that, I really don't want to be around them. May the God of patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ. Now here again, if you're not a follower of Christ, Jesus, then you're welcome to tune all of this out because <clears throat> it will just be a burden. However, it is fitting that those who call themselves followers of Christ should live in complete harmony with each other. Not a little harmony, not some harmony, not mostly harmony, complete harmony. Walking together with one mind, it could have been translated one mind, some translations do that and I like that. Walking together in one mind, walking together with one focus, walking together, sharing life together with one purpose. Huge. Well, Brent, that doesn't describe the church. We don't do theology backwards, dude. You don't look at the church and then decide who God is. We look at the Bible to see who God is, and then the church should conform to who God is. We're walking together with one mind, one focus, one purpose in harmony. Now, you know, now you know why Paul leads off with may God who gives patience encouragement, help you to live in complete harmony with each other because we can't do it on our own. So back to the original question, how much harmony? By the presence of the risen Lord Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, you and I have the opportunity, everyone say opportunity, for complete harmony. Y'all kind of trailed off there at the end. Like opportunity for complete harmony. A little resistance in the room. Brent, that's just not reality. The God who gives patience and encouragement, I say this as a declaration of truth. The God who gives you and I, believers, patience and encouragement, has the power to help you live in complete harmony with other believers. Dissonance is not a characteristic of followers of Christ. Dissonance in churches or denominations or between denominations is an indication of a bigger spiritual problem. I would posit that possibly the problem is the absence of the harmony-giving God. See, we can do religion without God and we're at odds. When we do faith in God, 
We have one common purpose and we can agree and be united and live in harmony on that. Does that make sense? Y'all know what I mean by dissonance? It's kind of like whenever, you know, the praise team is just doing a fantastic job and then Larry hits the wrong note and you go, whoa. No, 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 no. He did it one time. He's just with me, so I'd pick on him. Dissonance is like, like, you know, there's harmony where it's not the same two notes, it's two different notes, but they go together. And then there's notes that don't go together. That's dissonance. Dissonance is when they don't sound good together. They don't work well together. Dissonance between believers raises some other questions. Is the God who gives patience and encouragement unable to help us live in complete harmony with each other? Of course not. Of course, he is all powerful. He, he can give us patience and encouragement so that we can live in complete harmony. Well, then when we look at, at the church landscape as a whole and we're failing miserably, then maybe, maybe it is that we are not the followers of Christ as much as we'd like others to think we are, right? We can go to church, put a Desert Heights sticker on your car, carry your Bible, but being considerate of other people and living in harmony, that's a whole nother ball of wax. The sticker's easy. Then verse six says, then when we are living in complete harmony, all of you can join together. Are you imagining this? There's a great picture here. All of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I think that we get a small glimpse of this one voice when you can hear all of the congregation raising their voices together. Thomas and I didn't talk about this this morning, and I didn't know that all three of the songs this morning was going to have a little part where we were going to sing kind of a cappella and, and just hear the voices, because this is this verse. This is, where, this is where voices that are good and voices that are uh, less than good, when we all join together, it's wonderful. It's spectacular. Whenever all the voices of varying types, they, they all sing together and they sing, how great is our God. And it just gives you chills. Well, it does me. Some of you are still waking up. That's really great singing there, Brown. You were created for harmony. You were created for harmony. I didn't put it in my notes and I don't have time, but it's a Trinitarian thing where you have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Even God exists in harmony. So whenever he creates us in his image, it's with the issue of harmony built into our souls. When people of every race Several times throughout scriptures, we have this picture. When people of every race, every color, every creed, every tribe, every background, every language, every part of San Juan County have gathered together and they give praise to God with one voice, God is glorified. There is no other power in the universe that can unify humanity as God can. Now you can say, well, wait, 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 wait. There's more wars in our history fought over religion 
than anything else. It's religion. Those who are being considerate, that are being patient and are filled with encouragement and living in harmony, not creating war. There is only one purpose. There is only one purpose that is grand enough to garner complete agreement. And that is the glory of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible promises that one day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. There is complete harmony when all of us share the common passion for living in a way that brings glory to God and to Christ Jesus and not ourselves. It's when we start trying to bring glory to ourselves that we start having dissonance. So how much harmony, you ask? To what degree do we have harmony? Here it is. We live in harmony with one another to the degree that it supernaturally glorifies God. Amen, Brett, that's good. Okay, so before you groan, there's more. Here we go, number two. Because I could tell that went over really, really, really well. Service this morning is sponsored by Chick-fil-A. <laughs> it's just the cup I picked up. Thank you, Chick-fil-A. We needed a break there. I was getting tense. Y'all were looking at me like you're about to get pitchforks out. Number two, how much acceptance? How much acceptance is possible with God's grace flowing through you and me? I'm going to read that again because I don't feel like you were listening. How much acceptance, I preached a whole sermon on this back several weeks ago. How much acceptance is possible with God's grace flowing through Joe Believer or Jill Believer, depending? How much is possible? How much acceptance? I know some of you are all, well, I know who I'm going to accept and I know who I'm not going to accept. Let's just look at the text. Therefore, Verse seven, therefore. So therefore always divides what happened before is important to what's coming next. And so therefore, because, because we have the God of patience and encouragement puts patience and encouragement in you, encouragements, not just one encouragement, but multiple encouragements. Therefore, accept each other just how? He, he answers the question, how? Accept each other, but Brent, he drives a Dodge and I drive a Ford. I can't park next to him at Desert Heights Church parking lot. Therefore, because God has given you patience and encouragement, accept each other, how? Just as Christ, this is a heavy-duty, rich word, Old Testament Messiah, sent from God, Son of God, sinless, all of God, just as Christ has accepted your sorry, Keister, so that God will be given glory. There's a theme of glory here. Did you notice that? Verse eight, remember that Christ, again, came as a servant. Elevated word, Christ. He could have said Jesus, but he doesn't. He says Christ. Remember that the Christ came as, 
as a servant to the Jews, God's holy chosen people, to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. Now, there is a purpose in accepting one another. There's a purpose in accepting other believers. It's not just because we're instructed to accept one another. We're raised in Christianity a little bit where, why would you accept one another? Because Brent told you to. No, 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 no. There's a purpose to it. Accepting one another, genuinely accepting one another, just as Christ accepted you, it glorifies God. Have you got something else better to do than glorify God? No, your life is not that important. Just want to encourage you. <laughs> well, Brent, I have things to do for myself. Yeah, I know. We know. We know. It stinks. <laughs> Accepting one another as Christ accepted you brings glory to God. Now, uh, I'm going to kind of sidetrack to make a point. I haven't mentioned much about what's going on with our building because it kind of got derailed and started again. And by the way, we got our roof finished. We got our roof put on a couple of weeks ago. It's rained twice and the building's only leaked once. So... Uh, it was in three spots. So, so we're getting a redo on that. Uh, so, so we'll see how it did today. Um, but we got the new roof, and I think that most of us, uh, are, some people are looking around and they're thinking, okay, well, you, 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 you're going to put a roof over the patio, and you're doing all this stuff, and in a couple of weeks, hopefully, we're going to get the, the whole building stuccoed so that it all matches. Um, it's going to look really nice. And so the question is, why, why, would you, why would you spend all this money on a building? It has no eternal value. Let's do an example. Let's say a visitor comes to our church on Sunday morning. By the way, we have a disproportionate number of visitors that come to our church. It's incredible, really, since we moved from Schofield Lane. It's amazing. So we have a visitor who comes to our church. Now, we can make their trip from the parking lot as efficient as possible, or we can make it as relational as possible. Some of your skin just crawled. That's who I'm preaching to. I don't want people to be able to walk from the parking lot to a chair in the auditorium in 30 seconds. The whole idea of the patio is to make a relational area where people will hang out so that when visitors come into our property, they will walk through a crowd of a harmonious, and I think that's a word, harmonious and accepting believers. Did you picture that? Not a bunch of strangers. People who are living in harmony, who are accepting one another. They walk, they walk from the parking lot and people in the parking lot are, hey, it's good to see you. And then they get to the patio and, and there's, there's coffee and there's people standing around that are enjoying fellowshipping with one another and being with one another. And then they come into the lobby and they see people hugging and being happy. Wow, at church? And then, and then you, somebody comes up to them and says, hi, my name is, whatever your name is, because I, as I wrote this, this illustration, that, that should be a word, I wrote it and I put, hi, I'm Brent. I'm like, everybody's going to afterwards say, hi, I'm Brent. Uh, so say your own name. Hi, I'm Brent. I don't remember meeting you. I say that intentionally because sometimes I meet people and I forgot that I meet them. And so I don't say I've never met you before because then they're like, you've met me three weeks in a row, Brent. 
You need to get your brain checked again. So I don't remember meeting you. That's honest. But I'm glad that you're here. And is this your beautiful family? And I'm, I'm, let me help you get some coffee. And let me help you find classes for your kids. And, and the nursery is over here. And somebody just thought, well, I don't know where the kids' classes are. Listen, I don't either. But I'll offer to walk somebody down, I mean, the hallway, you just go to the bathroom and go down the hallway. You'll find somebody wearing a blue shirt with the big Desert Heights logo on it. And you can say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but these people are new and their name is Jack and Jill and just here they are. And hey, just love them and accept them and be kind to them. You see, a very real concern of mine as the church grows is that we will become more efficient and less relational, less accepting. Just because we didn't resist somebody doesn't mean that we accepted them. I should have wrote that in my notes. You're thinking, well, but Brent, I'm just not, I'm just not a relational person. We live in a world of the most introverted people ever. Amen. <laughs> I'm just not relational. I'm just not relational. Verse eight, remember that Christ came as a servant. Was he doing what he wanted to do? He actually was, but he could have been doing other things. Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises that he made to their ancestors. Here's the deal, accepting others, actively accepting them as they are, where they are in their spiritual development is a simple way of being a servant to others. Selflessly accepting others, going out of your way to serve others glorifies God. But that's, not, that's just not who I am. I know. And that's why we pray for the death of you and the resurrection of Christ. <laughs> I carefully chose my words there. Okay, so the details of, of Christ's example of acceptance, verse nine. Where are we at time-wise? Oh, oh, oh. Here's what Christ did. Here's the, the example of Jesus' acceptance. In verse nine, he says, he, who's he? Christ. Yeah, Christ Jesus, good job. Okay, four people are listening to me, good. <laughs> I'm gonna preach this again next week. He, Jesus, also came so that the who? Gentiles. Quick lesson, you have Jews, God-chosen people. Gentiles are everybody except for the Jews, okay? They're the pagans, lost people, don't know God. God doesn't care about them. Just let them go. He also, Jesus, came also so that the Gentiles might give glory to God. Why? Because of his mercies to them. Oh, God's going to show mercy to the Gentiles. That is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, for this, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will praise you. Jesus is going to praise God among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. Now, a Jew would read this, praises among the Gentiles. They'd say, yuck. That's, that's disgusting. Disgusting. That's like, you know, Jews are very anti-dogs, unholy. Dogs are unholy, unclean. That's like bringing a dog in and saying, oh, we're going to worship with a dog. No good. Jews wouldn't like that. Verse 10, 
And in another place it is written, rejoice with his people, God's people, you Gentiles? What? The psalmist is calling Gentiles God's people. And yet again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. I'm not going to that tabernacle because they, they worship with Gentiles there. Praise him. Some of you are going to go to Daniel's uh, covenant class. And this is a covenant thing right here. Praise him, all you people of the earth. Every color, every race, every nation, every language, every tribe, every little family, all the people in their diversity, God is going to miraculously bring together in harmony. And I'm off of my notes and way over time. Verse 12. And in another place, Isaiah said, the heir to David's throne will come. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Good job. Good answer. The heir to David's throne will come and he will rule over the Gentiles. They, the Gentiles, will place their hope in him, in Jesus. There's a little irony here. God's chosen Jews. Moses, because one of those quotes comes from Moses. Moses, Abraham... King David, the prophet Samuel, and even Isaiah, even the gospel writer Matthew was aware that Jesus, the Messiah, was not the redeemer of only the Jews, only the temple people, only the church people. But God was sending his one and only sinless son to the unwashed, nameless, lost in darkness Gentiles as well. God is glorified in accepting the unacceptable. So Brent, we just welcome sinners into our church? Yes. Yes. God is glorified when those strong in faith die to their own selfishness and accept others, genuinely loving them, showing them honor above themselves, hugging those who may not look or smell like themselves. So we're back to our question. To what degree do we accept others? We accept others to the degree that they experience the grace of God that you and I have experienced and that God is glorified in their lives. To what degree? Till God is glorified. But what about their sin? It's a good question. As I preached last week and the week before that and the year before that, you can do nothing about their sin. Any of you ever be able to forgive sins? <laughs> no. So we, our instruction is to accept them, to let them see Jesus in us, and then one day they'll be ready for Jesus to do what only Jesus can do when it comes to sin. He'll forgive them of their sin. He'll set them free. Number three, how much joy, peace, and hope after Brent's Sunday morning sermon? <laughs> I don't know about this sermon. How much joy, peace, and hope? Now, you may be tempted to think, Brent, you are living with your head in the clouds that we're going to have complete harmony in the body of Christ. This, is, this sounds eschatological. 
Look it up. You'll figure it out. No, no. I think that this is a message for the church here and today that the church desperately needs to hear because the church needs to be living this. The church needs to be demonstrating this. The world needs joy and peace and hope, not a bumper sticker. They need to see it in the life of mature believers. Oh, that's good. The world needs to see joy and peace and hope in our lives, the lives of those whose faith is strong. Verse 13, here we go. He says, I pray, Paul says, I pray that God, the source of hope, that's good, will fill you, oh, here's that crazy word again, completely, <laughs> I don't wanna be filled completely with joy, <laughs> right? We went to church with that person, huh? Don't look around. If y'all are all gonna be filled with joy, I'm gonna go to the other church because they beat us over the head until we feel miserable about ourselves. <laughs> Bridges tells us that we're sinners saved by grace. <sighs> I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will... The hand gestures are important to this message then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. <sighs> so there's this book in here. We began in verse five. He says, may God, kind of as his prayer, help you to live in complete harmony. And then we come to verse 13. He says, I pray that God will completely, fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. But Brent, our world is filled with sin and brokenness. It appears that sin and sinners are winning. Read the end of the book. Not to just be on a soapbox, but boom. It's so hard. Did you read the last chapters? You know, Jesus wins. Every time Jesus wins, there's no alternate ending to this thing. The sovereign Lord God Almighty is not being outwitted or overpowered by some government or special interest groups or sinners. We act that way. God's power is not contingent upon the world economy. Oh, things are just getting bad. The, you know, Bitcoin's going down. I know. Well, I know. <laughs> there goes my retirement plan. God's power is not contingent upon the world economy. Likewise, you and I have hope and complete joy and peace because God causes you to overflow with confident hope because God has put the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in the believer. That was part of Romans, way back when we were doing the doctrine of Romans. So, well, Brent, how can I have hope whenever uh, my health is not good, my kids are not doing well, uh, my retirement plan is going the way of Bitcoin, uh, whatever, you, oh, everything around me is, because our hope is given to us by God. And his perspective is, he wins. So if you're on team God, you win. 
doesn't matter how bad it is right now. You win if you're on team God. Y'all are looking at me like, really? Yeah, that's the truth. To what degree do we have joy and peace and hope? Only to the degree that God is present in us. Brent, did you say that as a zinger? I don't mean it as a zinger, but it is a zinger. Because if we examine our lives and we're Christians, but we're miserable, joyless, hopeless, peaceless, I recommend you find some time to get alone with God. Get on your knees and ask God to set you free from you. If we live selfishly condemning others, there's no evidence of the grace of God, and that is shameful. When we live in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, the joy and peace and hope of God himself is in us. Does that make sense? God is a God of joy and peace and hope. And if he is by his Holy Spirit present in us, then that joy and that peace and that hope will not be contained. It'll eke out on other people and you'll share that joy and that peace and that hope with others. Then, then we have nothing to apologize for. We live in a dark world with the light of God shining through us guiding them towards eternal life, guiding them towards joy, guiding them toward peace, guiding them toward hope. I can't apologize for that. I'm not ashamed of that. And I'm happy to be a vessel of the Most High God. You've been listening to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message. We would like to invite you to one of our service times at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings here in Farmington, New Mexico. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at desertheightschurch.com.